The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk, but no politics, okay? You know me, I'm your host, Andrew Lenz, and today we are starting a new type of spinoff show that I want to do because I work, well, I record and have my podcast on a great network, uh, BICBP Radio Network, and today is the very first episode of let's talk to the network. So I'll be talking to everybody that has a show on the network, seeing how they got started in podcasting and just getting to know them and everything else today. I have Brian Finch. I want to say, did I say your name right, Brian? You did, sir. Yes. Uh, Okay. Today I have Brian Finch from, are you still an intern on Two Point? The Two Point conversation? No, 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 no. I've got, graduated. I, I never got fully the, promoted, sir. I never got the memo for any of this stuff. Well, I they're never, always late on the memos. You know that. Uh, so, you're what do you, what show do you do? Well, currently we have two shows going. That oh. one I do exclusively with Ryan Hope Bailey called Processing the Process, which is a college football and NFL draft podcast. And then we have the Crafting and Drafting, which you appeared on. Yes. The Cartoon Draft, which is uh, just a craft beer sampling tasting review show paired with a drafting of random topics uh, show because I love drafts, all drafts, fantasy football drafts, fantasy basketball drafts, and then I just figured out that, oh, you can draft literally anything. So I thought, why not create a podcast around that? You know, it was so it was so funny because right when you guys were create or, or had crafting and drafting, uh, I bounce a lot of ideas off of Matt just to get a feel of things because I feel he gives me the best constructive criticism <laughs> uh-huh. out, of, out of most people. And I was like, hey, what if I did an episode where you drafted uh, TGIF episodes? And then all of a sudden I see your guys' podcast. I'm like, oh, okay, they got this. Okay, so this is such a cool idea. And then uh, when I actually did get to record in the precinct, uh, I guess Kyle was texting Matt. And he's like, Kyle wants to know if you can record on Thursday. I'm like, what's going mm-hmm. on? What, what, for, for what? And I thought it was seven wing six. And he's like, no, it's for crafting and drafting. It's cartoons. They figured you would want to do it. And I was on vacation. And I'm like, I have to do whatever possible to try and get onto the show. So I thank you for <laughs> letting me on the show. Oh, no. It, it it couldn't have gone any better, and you're absolutely absolutely the perfect guest for it. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so, what got you into this whole realm of podcasting? I've already, uh, I mean, 
most people have already heard my story, but what got you into this wonderful, wonderful realm of podcasting? Well, uh, I got into listening to podcasts because I realized that what I was looking for in sports radio really wasn't represented in my local sports radio station. Um, they don't really hit enough of the topics and spend enough time. And I just didn't think that it was the right kind of uh, listening experience that I was looking for. So I ended up, um, you know, searching through podcasts and finding the ESPN podcast and uh, things like that. And I quickly honed in on, I'm like, all right, there's a whole bunch of people out there right now that have created this new industry of really, you know, topical podcasts that you can find in your niche. So I, I found my sports, you know, I got like specifically, there's just draft podcasts. I listen to exclusively just college football podcasts. Then there's the NFL podcast. Then you have the fantasy football podcast, you know, and I realized like, oh, podcasts exist because one, it's on demand. And two, you know, it's really centralized to, like, what you're into. So I was like, oh, well, I like talking sports. There seems to be a market for this. Maybe someday I can get into that. And actually, it's all thanks to Kyle. Um, draft season, I reached out to him because that's what I'm into. And I said, hey, man, if you've you know, got time, I'd love to hop on and just give my two cents on fantasy football and and dynasty football and how it relates to college football and the draft. And he was like, yeah, and off I went. So that's, yeah, that's, it's pretty, and it gets addicting. I got to say this. Um, I I don't know if you've ever heard my story, how I started, right? No. Uh, No. Okay. Uh, It's so odd. I have a friend and he got me in, well, kind of like you, I listened to podcasts. I worked in, I worked in a warehouse and most of the time I was by myself and I learned very quick when I'm by myself, I get nutty and music Mm -hmm. sucks. Music can only do so much. So if I listen to podcasts and, you know, Colin Cowell, guys like Colin Cowell heard and stuff like that. I could talk to them. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you talk to podcasts. I talk to podcasts. And uh, so, I'll definitely find myself if I'm by myself, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely do it. But maybe at work, I don't do it as much because there's always somebody around. Oh, okay. See, I could do it at work. And <laughs> they would, they would think I would, I was completely normal. Uh, <laughs> so, I'm scrolling through Facebook. I just moved to this lovely city I call Binghamton, New York. And I see two and I see pick'em poles for the two point conversation. And I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. I like doing polls. I could do this all day. And then I I liked it. And then I saw what Matt was doing and I sent him an idea our first ever episode we ever did together was backup quarterbacks and then i would just send him ideas after that and then i think he got the way he says it nicely but i think he was like you know what i'm just gonna ask this guy if he wants to be a part of the show 
So he asked me to be a part of the show and then ever since then, and then I wanted to start my own podcast and he's like, oh yeah, don't worry about it. And then I'm like, okay, I'm not really sure what to do. And that's why I started the let's talk, uh, but no politics. And he was like, just think of something to do. And then he got Chris, he asked Chris, and then he started doing my editing. And ever since then it's, this has been this and the two point conversation. Cause I think between the two covers everything that I enjoy big time with right. throughout, throughout my life. Um, but we could go into the college football one. Cause I was curious about this one. Have you always been big into college football? Is your family a big college football, you know, family? Or is this something it's really, that's recently? Well, I, I, as far as getting into, like, the scouting of players and developing grades and trying to really stick to, uh, you know, some sort of grading system so that each year I can judge players a little bit better, um, that's recent. But ever since mm, probably, like, 97, 98, so I was, like, you know, 14, 15, somewhere around there um, is when I got into watching Michigan football every year. Um, they were back in the day, there weren't a lot of stations to watch college football on. It was only like ABC and NBC and CBS. So there weren't a whole lot of college teams that you would catch every week. And Michigan is, is always on at noon on a Saturday. So if I, um, once I like stopped playing little loop football, because normally, you know, my Saturday afternoons were occupied with that, so I wasn't home. Mm-hmm. But once that was over with, then I found, like, I still wanted to engage in football. It's always been part of my life since I was five. So that's when I started picking up more of the college scene and watching Michigan. And then just throughout the years of being more of a, a fan of football and, and wanting to know more about it is when I started keying up on, oh, okay, you can watch these kids for four years in college and then, you can watch them get drafted to whatever teams and you can really follow their careers. And before you know, you're, you can watch a guy for, you know, 15 years of playing football. I always thought that was like a really neat experience. Yeah. I, I gotta say, I've, I've, I've done that and it's been way too many players because I've always, I've, I've always enjoyed college football. I haven't been able to keep up with it since I've had uh, kids and, you know, busy Saturdays. They do a lot of uh, sports and other things as well. But I was hugely into college football because my dad used to watch it. Uh, my first actual college football hero was Gino Toretta. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know who that is or no? I, I don't fully recognize the name, <sighs> but I feel like I'm going to think I do once you say it. He was the Heisman Trophy winner for the Miami Hurricanes, and I can't I can't okay. pinpoint exactly what year, but that was always a big thing for college football. And my college football teams were always Notre Dame because they were always on NBC, and uh, my second one was Florida with Steve Spurrier. Okay. I I I love I love watching teams throw the football. Just love it. I mean, my favorite football player is Dan Marino. And then I heard he found, had the fun and gut offense. So that was like 
my way into it was Florida. But Michigan, that's I'm not a big Michigan guy, but <laughs> that's to each their own. That, that's the that's what I come across. I it's either I find someone as I'm wearing my gear around town or wherever and I get a go blue from who knows like from behind me or whatever, or I'll run into someone that's obviously like an Ohio State fan and they immediately can just take any shot they want at me because I have no defense. Now were you I know I did this. Uh, Madden and college football. You used to be able to put the players into college football and then transfer them over to Madden. Did you? Did you do this? Uh, yeah. So for one time, there was one, one. I had one college game and one one following Madden game that I was able to do that with. Okay, because that was like my big thing was I needed to do it. And then as I got older and my time got less, I would only put in certain players that were rated so high. And then I go from there. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I so, love the, the, the last uh, NCAA game was 2014. And I have on PS3, Scott Denard Robinson on the cover. And that, that Michigan team was a lot of fun to play with. Yeah, that was the Rich Rodriguez years, wasn't it, too? Uh, that would have been, I think, 14, he was already gone. Uh, Denard overlapped Rich Rod and Brady Hoke. Okay. So I, I think that 14 season is actually then, what, the 2013 season? Yeah, so I think that's yeah. the Brady Hoke team. Okay. Now you're... But, yeah, I mean... Rich Rod was, you talk about fun and throwing the ball around and stuff. That's, you know, Rich Rod will give you a little bit of that. Yeah, he he ran. I I liked him better at with West Virginia. I didn't like him at Michigan. Okay. I, thought, I thought Michigan was too big of a school and too big of a conference to be pulling, trying to pull a lot of that stuff off. That he went in there and... This was always the fun thing about me when I watch college football or even when I, uh, you know, you play the video game college football is that it takes about four to five years to actually build a team with a program, you know, build a program uh, with the players that actually fit your system. Because you get leftover players from other coaches that don't necessarily fit your system. And I think it's harder where in the NFL you could get guys in the draft. You can get guys in the free agency. You can get guys in trades. You can't do that in college football. So I think it makes it a little bit diff- more difficult. And when I see a guy get you know fired after like three years, I get a little upset thinking to myself, well, he didn't get really too much of a chance. No, I agree with that. Yeah. It's, um, and you, you're, you're not dealing with professionals. So they have, uh, an actual like monetary reason to like buy in and to actually like, you know, want to stick around because they have a contract tied to it. That they're that's how they're supporting their family. Whereas in college football, you're dealing with you know on your 90-man roster, you're going to deal with if you're a big program, you're dealing with you know about 20 kids any given year that are looking at 
potentially getting into the draft. And then the other 70 is they don't know. You know, yeah. if you're a freshman, you're probably not seeing the field. If you're a sophomore, you don't even know exactly where you're going to end up. You don't know. You might transfer. You know, that's the other thing. So, yeah, college, is, it's a lot more you need you need time. And that's what you see a lot of times. Coaches get a, a longer leash in college football than they would in the pros. Now, on to crafting and drafting. You mentioned that you really like uh, drafting. And I'm guessing you enjoy a good craft beer. Uh, what episodes we mentioned the cartoon one that I was on, have you, what episodes have you done already? And what do you got, you know, planned for other episodes? So the first one was a rapper draft. And our guest on that one was Carter Mason, who is a professional wrestler from Canada. And he was amazing on there. He, he knew every single two that was drafted and he was, uh, Kyle lined him up, and he was he was a perfect guest. He's actually asked Kyle a bunch of times already when's the next time he can hop on, so that's encouraging. <laughs> um, and then we did the cartoon dress with you and Matt, and that was awesome. We got a lot of engagement so far on social media with that. And then we just recorded on Thursday a sitcom dress with my good friend uh, Doug Smith. And the next one, we're going to have to double up because – um ryan um has some stuff going on so he's not going to be able to fill in or be a part of the show um in the next couple of weeks here so we're probably going to double up and i think we're doing a um couples draft where it's going to be kyle his fiance and it's going to be ryan and his girlfriend and it's going to be me and my wife and we're going to do a six person draft of i think we're doing candy bars for that one that's okay. Ryan's pick. Ryan's been dying to do some sort of food one. And then uh, I just I um, talked to Chris Chavez um, the other day about him joining us and doing a serial killer slash mass murderer slash cult leader draft <laughs> to kind of tie into uh, you know his history creep. Oh, he probably was loving that one. Oh my god. He's very excited about it. Me, Ryan and myself are very much into that. Me and him actually Ryan uh listened to it first. He listened to this podcast called Last Podcast on the Left. They actually just got yeah. picked up by Spotify a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I got into them and I think I've listened to every single episode at least once and some of them at least three times because they they do such a good job on it. And I've always liked that kind of stuff, the creepy parts of society. In fact, uh, I listened to, you were on History Creeps, weren't you? Yes, I was. Yeah, I listened to that episode. That was a good one. Yeah, I History Creeps is definitely, I, I listen to it a lot. I listen to, I actually listen to the one about the McMillions and I watched the documentary I normally don't go to the dark side too much when it comes to stuff. Yeah. I try and keep things very light. So history creeps is my, is my little dark side treat in a way. So that's one of my, one of my big favorite ones to listen to, but mostly it's uh, when it comes to podcasts, uh, it's mostly retro pop. Uh, I listen to a couple of retro blisses. 
this is all network stuff too. It's so funny. Uh, yep. What's yep. um, what's some other ones that I? Oh, I think that's about our history creeps. But then, outside of it, if I'm going to listen to one, I listen to a great one. These guys actually kind of help me in a way. Is uh, Verbal Shenanigans? It's a great show. They got I a lot of great. One. Oh, check it out. They got a lot of great guests. They actually had Kevin Eastman on there for the creator of the Ninja Turtles. Oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, so there's that one. My two favorite that are like big is the major wrestling figure podcast. I barely collected wrestling figures as a kid, but they make everything so much fun to listen to. So I have to listen mm-hmm. to it. And then uh, the Jim Cornette drive through. Cause I like to hear the old wrestling stories. If you can get past all oh, of his okay. yammering and everything else, and you can listen, to, just listen to the old wrestling stories about the territories and stuff like that, it's a lot of fun to listen to. So those are like my okay. big ones. Those are definitely my big ones. Um, oh, you could, I'm like an off tilt card here. You got me kind of. So we did, we did the lovely cartoon draft, and this is something. Yeah. Have you and I chose Silverhawks? I got to go through this. I'm not going to tell anybody else any of my other picks. This is something I wanted to talk about on the show. I chose Silverhawks, and yet Matt didn't know, Kyle didn't know. They get passes, but yet you did not know what Silverhawks was. No, no, I've never heard of Silverhawks. Okay. And you said, I remember you mentioning um, how you liked the theme song so much. So I actually went on YouTube and just to listen to that. And even the theme song I didn't recognize. Because even, there's definitely like some shows that like I would have known were around. And if you were to play the theme song, it'd be like, oh, okay, I remember hearing that yeah. or watching it a couple of times. But no, no Silverhawks. Silverhawks was a great one. It was It was really great. It was actually uh, a tie-in with Thundercats in a way. Okay. So uh, I think it was Rankin and Bass. They made like, tried to make their own little universe where it was Thundercats, Silverhawks, and then another cartoon that wasn't very well received called Tiger Sharks. But I was a little upset that I was the only one. You guys made me feel really old at that point. <laughs> I, I don't know if it was necessarily the, the age difference because, you know, me and you were not that far apart. No. But um, I, I just, I don't know. I just, I don't know when it was, like, was it a Saturday morning? Because I, I don't remember ever seeing it. I remember. Or maybe that, my I, brother didn't watch it. Maybe that's it. Maybe my brother didn't watch it, and that's why I didn't watch it. Yeah, because my brother didn't watch Silverhawks. I don't remember him ever saying, you know, can I ever having any of the toys i was like the silver hawks thundercats he was like uh, he was born in 79 so he was star wars um we both shared the love of he-man and then transformers gi joes and stuff like that i got into a lot more of the obscure cartoons so well speaking of obscure there was one that i left off uh, my draft that I wanted to pick, but 
I wasn't sure if I – I mean, I probably could have saved it the last because it didn't get picked. But do you remember a show called Dino Riders? Yes, I, d- I wasn't a Dino Riders kid. I didn't like that one. I liked okay. the – I like the other one, Dino Saucers. Dino Saucers. That I don't recognize. Another great theme song, another great premise. (laughs) It's about, it's almost got a Transformer vibe to it where two different dinosaur factions come down to Earth and they fight on Earth, and the good dinosaurs recruit kids to kind of work with them, but nobody knows. It, it's that was like that was like the one that I liked. It was it's a little bit more cartoonier than say say Dino Riders, and it has more of a Transformers plot feel to it. Okay. Yeah. That was... Dino Riders definitely felt like one of those cartoons that it was just as much about selling the merchandise as it was oh. about making the cartoon. If I say it once, I'll say it again. That's all it was. In the 80s and the early 90s, <laughs> it yeah. was just everything had comic books, toys, and a cartoon. Yeah. And I think well, the economy day... was booming. Yeah. Yeah, because people got had... money to spend. That's that's what we need. That's what we need was just toys. Yeah. There's no good toys now. I, I walk down the toy aisle and I look at stuff, and I think to myself, these are more for adults that are gonna tug on our nostalgia bone to get us to buy it than it is for an actual kid. Um, like I see Batman toys, but there's no Batman cartoon to go with the toys. So right. if you're not 100% familiar with Batman, you're just like, hi, I'm Batman. Okay. That's great. You're right. Batman. Um, you see the Marvel toys, you see the Marvel movies. That's cool. The WWE action figures and then, you know, Star Wars, but there's nothing like new. And that was, I think, one of the thing with the imagination, and they and they talked about too, is with toys. I actually want to do like a whole show on this, so I'm not going to go too <laughs> deep into it. Is that there's nothing when a kid has a toy now, like He Man, just released released the retros. I could buy my kid a He Man. They know, they know of He Man. They don't know the whole story of He Man. So if they play with this toy, yeah. they're like, what do I do with this? It's He-Man. What does he do? Right. So I think that's the way it, it's gone now because kids need more educational television. But if you watch Nickelodeon and stuff, it's nothing but a bunch of farting and butt episodes. Right. I do notice that the, the cartoons that dominate now are definitely from the same kind of vein as, you know, the Ren and Stimpy or the Rocco's Modern Life kind of weird, gross stuff happening. Even like I remember watching Ed, Ed and Eddie, which I wasn't a huge fan of, but I watched it, and even that has that kind of element to it, where it's you know the characters are completely oddly drawn, they're all weird shapes, and you know the, them sucking on the jawbreakers and stuff like that is supposed to be kind of visually kind of unappealing, especially to adults. I mean that's what cartoons are always going to be is 
you know, that something that your grown-ups don't want to sit down and watch with you. Except for Craig of the Creek. Uh, supposedly. <laughs> I, I have not... I have not uh, shown that to my kid yet. I'm, I'm, it's going to be a fun experiment one of these days to just randomly put it on without her even noticing, and then I'll start laughing along to it, hopefully, and then she's like, well, what's this? And then she's it, hooked. It takes you back to when it was a simpler time and you would just go outside and play with your friends. Mm-hmm. It, and things seemed a lot bigger than what they actually were. Like things seem bigger right. in your mind and you made them bigger in your mind than they actually were. And that's pretty much Craig of the Creek. It's almost like recess, the show recess where okay. like there's different types of kids and they go there, they play at different parts of the Creek. That's the only reason why I watch it. And each episode is like okay. 11 minutes long and then it's done. <laughs> so it's really, it, it makes me mad because I want more, but then my kids are like, okay, it's done we're on to the next episode, but I'm like, no, I want more out of that one. So (laughs) what type of, what type of like, I would say cartoons or even sitcoms, because you did do a sitcom draft. You don't have to tell any of your picks, but what were the types of things that you watched as a kid that kind of made an impact on you even now? Well, I was definitely hooked into, well, because I was born in 84, so my first um, movie I went and saw was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and I think the second movie I ever saw was Batman, the, you know, um, you know um, Jack Nicholas was Joker and Michael Keaton as Batman, Batman. So, so you take just those two movies, and instantly I'm exposed to the world of comics because Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is based on a comic book. Obviously Batman comes from the comic book world. And then you tie in all the memorabilia and all the toys that came from those two movies, especially the Batman movie. I, I got all sorts of great uh, Christmas presents. I remember that you know I got the Bat- Batmobile and I got the Awesome Cave and I got all the, the villains and stuff and just I was hooked immediately into like superheroes and fighting and ninjas and stuff like that. And then I'd have to say, as far as like watching sitcoms, it's, I always go for the last because sitcoms I was exposed through my parents and mm-hmm. even like them watching Nick and Knight, um, I, I watched all sorts of old shows first. Those are the sitcoms I remember first. So, you know, I I watched MASH with my mom. You know, I, I would watch Golden Girls. Like, those those shows, I don't know, are kind of iconic. But to me, it it was, you know, now if I were to catch them, it's complete nostalgia of just sitting with my mom watching them and just laughing along right with her. Because, I don't know, I, I always got that comedy. And that's one of the things that I've always been interested in is uh, comedic writing and um, what really hits and stuff. So. And then you fast forward and I get older and um, I'm hanging out with my dad and he's watching Beavis and Butthead and he's watching <laughs> Seinfeld. And it's like, you know, it's, my, my family has always, you know, watched just silly, uh, over the top, really funny stuff. Yeah. Like I remember um, 
my say my earliest like sitcom memory other than say like tgif was like cheers uh i thought the world yeah. of sam malone um cheers was yeah. great yeah and then uh night court with with bull yep. i love i love bull but I would have to say one of my other memories was I remember if I was like good, you know, you do your homework, you you, you don't have a problem with getting into the bath. You're your dad. I, I was going to ask you, are your kids in that stage now where either you can't get them out of the tub or they act like you're putting them into a vat of acid? <laughs> getting into the tub is definitely no problem right now because it's, you know, fun time. It's playtime. Okay. Um, some days, some days it's a little issue getting out of the tub, but normally I'm able to get them out by saying, Hey, if we get out now, we'll have time to make popcorn and sit down and watch a movie. Even though I know full well in my head, like there's no way they're going to get through the whole movie before bedtime, but <laughs> they don't know that. <laughs> but my no like, concept of time when you're a child. No, my thing was like, I got to watch like growing pains. Growing Pains was a great show. Yeah. I still think Mike Seaver is yep. way cooler than Zach Morris. And that's what one of my like first big ones that I love to watch. Just as a little kid. Just a great, great show. It was, yep. it was one of the best. Did you... Yeah, the the oh. TGIF, uh, kids don't understand, like TGIF, what, what it was to look forward to being able to watch a new episode of you know, step by step or family matters or full house or, you know, eventually boy meets world. Like nobody yeah. understood. Like nobody understands now it's everything's on demand and whenever they want to watch something. My favorite TGIF story is that I, I grew up with a single mother and she was a mother that never hold, held anything back when it came to letting us know things. So I remember Perfect Strangers was on TGIF and there was an episode where they were stuck in the basement. The basement was starting to flood and it was getting up closer and closer to this electrical box. And it was like a two-part episode. And my mother, I still remember my mother going all week going, I hope it hits that electrical box. I hope it hits that electrical box and they all die. This show just needs to get taken off the air. And I'm thinking to myself, and I was little, I think I was probably six, seven years old. So Uh I'm like, oh my goodness. And then all of a sudden they they got rescued and she's like, damn it, we're going to have another season of this crap. (laughs) So (laughs) that was probably my favorite TGIF moment ever was right there <laughs> even though it was <laughs> something crazy like that but it was it, she hates it but if i had to describe her as a tv mom she was like the mom from malcolm in the middle <laughs> oh, okay but yeah like if if we did what we were told like everything was fine but me and my brother never really did so mm-hmm. it was it was a lot of like, what is wrong with you and everything else. So, so I apologize to her every single day. <laughs> As my kids get older, I realize that I was, right. <laughs> I could have done better. Uh, video games. Oh, yeah. Well, my kids, you, you got it lucky. How old is your, how old is your oldest? 
if you don't mind she me just asking. Turned six. She just turned six on Friday. Okay, you enjoy that for another seven years. You have seven years. <laughs> okay. And then it's going to be a foot stomped on the ground and running to the room, slamming the door. And you can ask them the most simple question in the in the world, because my daughter's 13. You can ask them the most simple question in the world, and you will automatically be yelling at them. So I'm warning you. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking my time. Don't worry. I'm, I'm not trying to rush to that age. <laughs> what... What what type of video games were there too? Were you a big video game player growing up, or you know, like what what was your oh, first system? Still, still or anything else? Well, huh. I I got lucky that my dad um, was really into video games, so I actually started with a Texas Instruments computer that oh. you know used a cartridge similar to like an Atari but it wasn't mm-hmm. Atari. And then eventually we got Atari. And, you know, I Watch have Atari. You know, vivid memories of playing that. Yeah. Playing, playing um, like, the tank game. And uh, I remember we engaged in this in social media, um, the uh, E.T. game. And how I was like, I don't even know how to beat this game. And then I remember, <laughs> like, being a little kid. I'm like, this doesn't make sense. There's no way to win. Atari was fun, but uh, maybe a little challenging for the for my age at the time, you know, because that would have been, we probably had it, you know, in, I don't know when my dad would have bought it. He would have bought it before I even could, like, remember because, you know, I would have been, like, two or three years old or something like that. So then yeah. my first real vivid memory of, like, my full-on dive into video games, I believe it was my either my sixth or seventh birthday. It was probably my seventh birthday. Uh, My parents took me out to Toys R Us. And for anyone that doesn't remember, when you went to Toys R Us to buy video games back in the day, you didn't just go and grab the game off the shelf. You had to grab like a ticket. Remember this? Yes. Yes. That was the best. Yep. So you had to pull the ticket. So we walk up to the shelf of the console. And it's not a very big shelf because there weren't a lot at the time. But my dad's like, okay, what do you want? I'm like, I want a Nintendo, you know, because I knew what it was. And I'd been to other people's houses that had Super or had Nintendo and they had Super Mario Brothers. And that's what I had in my head. That's what I wanted to play that night. And that's what I wanted to get. I guess at the time, though, I didn't even know it was a thing. My dad's looking at the shelf and he goes, oh, well, there's a Super Nintendo. Do you want Super Nintendo? And I remember like, no, I don't want Super Nintendo. I want Nintendo. I want, you know, Super Mario Brothers. And so he's like, okay, okay. So we pulled a ticket and I remember I got to pick out uh, one or two games. I don't remember which ones we brought home with us. And I, I think one of them was Battletoads. So you would have got, you know, Super Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt, the combo with the gun um like the starter pack and then you know we take the tickets and get our games and we head home and my it was a school night and i would like i said i'm only seven years old my dad let my brother and i stay up and we beat mario brothers super mario brothers that night the very first night i owned it and we were up to like probably like 11 12 o'clock at night playing it yeah, yeah. I, I was hooked, dude i was hooked i got a hand-me-down we get me and my brother got a hand me down Atari from 
like Atari 2600 from my aunt's boyfriend at the time. And we thought it was like the greatest thing in the world. And I loved Missile Command. And Okay, yep. That's a good one. The, we had E.T., obviously. I think everybody had that other than the ones that got thrown into the dump. Uh, but I wasn't... It wasn't until like either this year, it was last year. I want to say last, was it? I don't know. It was either this year or last year that I didn't find out on how to actually be E.T. until I was watching the Angry Video Game Nerd and he reviewed it. Like you were actually supposed to go into the holes, pick up certain devices to make to make like the whole ET phone home type thing. And that's what you're supposed to do in that whole premise of the game. Okay. I just remember I would walk over to a flower and I would make it come back to life. I just like, (laughs) you grow now. (laughs) That's the other thing where kids don't understand where like, if you did, if you had a game and you had no instruction manual, it, it was like impossible to do anything until you played it. Like, 15 times in a row to actually figure out how to play it. Right. No, I mean, absolutely. That... I, last okay. night I was playing uh, Super Mario Brothers with my daughter. I have it hooked up to my projector. And actually, um, Nintendo and Super Nintendo games hold up really well. And they look real nice on a projector or even on a big screen TV. So if people have them and want to pull them out, I recommend it because it actually looks pretty good. I was I was worried it was gonna be all boxy and look real lame, but no, it looks cool. But uh, so I got to level three. I used the whistle to get to level three, and um, this is Super Mario three. And I couldn't remember on the castle of the third level which door you're supposed to use because remember the third level is the water level. I couldn't yeah. remember which door you're supposed to use. And if you keep picking the wrong door, you keep falling back in the water at the beginning. And you have to keep starting over and over and have time running out. So I actually paused the game and I looked it up, which door to go on online. So my, my daughter's like, what are you doing, Dad? I'm like, I'm cheating. Don't, <laughs> don't look at Dad. Dad's ashamed right now. I'm cheating. That's okay. I was at Oogie Games when I was in the falls and I asked them if they had a game genie for the Nintendo. Because I have a... They call it an HD2. It plays Nintendo and Super Nintendo games. And then, like, yeah. my prized possession is my Retro Tramp by My Arcade, which is pretty much, like, a portable Nintendo. Like, it's it's big. It's got a nice size screen and everything else. And you just pop a Nintendo game and you can play it. And just That's awesome. But, but you brought up another great point is, like, if you didn't have Nintendo Power or you had to call the Nintendo Hotline, you would have never have known that. Like when we were kids, it would have been right. Okay, this game's horrible. We're done. I, I can say that I've actually met a guy that I used to play with, or I didn't meet him, but I talked to him. So I guess I kind of say meet him, talk to him that I used to play with in Tecmo Super Bowl when me and Matt interviewed uh, Stephen Baker that was pretty amazing I let him know that he is unstoppable with that flea flicker if you don't cover him on that flea flicker play he is unstoppable so that was that was pretty awesome 
that. Yeah, to talk to him about that because that Tecmo Super Bowl is like my favorite, my favorite just football game of all time. Do you still have a pretty oh, yeah, decent collection of Nintendo games? I'm sorry? Yeah, well, I was a huge fan of Super Tecmo Bowl too. Yeah. Um, but you... My collection is uh, recollected games because um, uh-huh. I let my neighbor have my Nintendo. She had, um, she was only like two years younger than me, but she had younger siblings and I wasn't using my Nintendo at the time. That was at the, I was in the age in the high school where I was like, yeah, I don't ever play this stuff anymore. And I got rid of, I regret it, but I got rid of my Nintendo. I got rid of my N64. I gave my Super Nintendo to my sister so she could play it in college. And I exclusively played just PS2 when I was in high school. So, but now as a 36 year old dad who has time at the end of the night to play whatever he wants, I really wish I had an N64 or I had, you know, a better collection of Nintendo games. But I'm looking, I've been looking actually at picking up one of those little USB um, HDMI sticks that you can just stick into your TV and it comes with the wireless remote and you get like 800 games. I'm like, I might pick one of those up. They're only like 50 bucks. So, yeah, I like, I really like, I always thought about doing that too, but I there's something still about me putting in like the cartridge and starting it up and actually holding yeah. like the Nintendo controller. It's so like nice and it was horrible when I first played it with my kids because everything's a Bluetooth controller now. And yeah. I'm like I gotta like warn them. I'm like, there's cords, there's cords, there's right. cords. Yeah. My brother my brother-in-law actually played a joke on my nephew the one time we were we were playing Nintendo and there's a cord and he looked at him. He was like, hey, Aiden, is that controller charged? And he actually looked to see if there was like an indicator on the controller to see if it was charged. I was like, these controllers don't charge, buddy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I the system I use to play my Nintendo uh, games are it's an FC Twin. And it's, you know, it's a top-loaded cartridge. and mm-hmm. But you still have to blow in the Nintendo games to get them going. So the first time I set it up to play with my daughter, I remember the first instinct, you know, I picked it up, and I'm blowing into it. And my daughter's looking at me like, Dad, why are you spitting on the game? And I'm like, I'm not spitting on it. I, I, you got to blow the dust off. I'm like, you don't understand, yeah. kid. This, this, this is old-school problem. Yeah, this is just part of the routine. You picked up the game, you, you know, if you had it in a pile, you didn't need to quick give it a little blow off so that it worked the first time, hopefully. And then there was all yeah. the tricks, like, where you had to, like, hold it down a certain way and then press start or, you know, press the power button. And, yeah, kids just don't want to see. Those were the days. Yeah, you had to well, work but- to get that game to play. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on the show and being our first guest. Or um, we, I'm so used to saying we from <laughs> two point for, for being my first guest for Let's Talk to the Network. Uh, I did forget something though in the beginning. I forgot to ask you uh, first time guest questions, and sure. the first and they're two very simple ones. Uh, just to get to know, I feel like this is a way to get to know a person's personality. And the first one is popsicles, Gatorade, Kool Aid. 
do you refer to it by a flavor or the color? Uh, you want me to do each one? No, just all together. Like, I'm like, hey, I have um, popsicles. How are you going to tell me which popsicle you want? Yeah, that's going to be colors for sure for that. Gatorade, I because I have my favorites, I'll definitely like say like which Gatorade I have. I won't just say it's blue. Like I'll say it's Arctic Freeze, or I'll say I have you know the, the classic lemon lime or whatever. Okay, and then the next one is Crocs or slides. Uh, I guess I have slides. I think. Is that where slide? it's like, but no, like toe, no toe tong, right? Yeah, no, just you slide your foot in and you go. Yep, that's what I have. Yeah, I used to rock. Now, uh, self-admittedly, I still own cargo shorts, and that will never go away. I, I go between basketball shorts and cargo shorts, depending if I want to go. If I'm going out, I'm gonna throw on my cargo shorts. You know, my man purse. You know, that I carry around yeah. me all the time. Never gonna change. But I used to wear what they call, you know, Jesus sandals, which is the leather, you know, like wrap, like sandal style. But I oh, have okay. long gotten rid of those. I do not wear <laughs> those anymore. There's definitely a period in my life though where I, I look like I'd go out and I'd have my my polo shirt on, or I'd have my button up, you know, you know, plaid shirt on with my cargo shorts and and Jesus sandals. I always looked like I was a dad since I was like probably like 22 years old. I looked like I was a dad. <laughs> Headed awesome. out Saturday afternoon, packing the kids up into the minivan, heading off to, you know, wherever, Adventure Island or something. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> well, like I said, thank you for being on the show. Uh, if you want to tell I'm honored. Them, yeah, this is, this is, I, I, I had to have you on. I mean, you had me on your show. I've had Chris. We did some good old uh, childhood deaths of movies. Matt's been on tons of times. Uh, right. If you ever go where you want to get somebody, and you, I don't know if he always has the time, but Johnny Townsend is a yeah, cracker. I want to get him on. Is is I like, think we're going to do... Well, we're looking at doing bringing him on for crafting and drafting, um, and have him call in doing war games. I think. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 pretty awesome. And if you do anything else with music, especially uh, punk or ska music, you got to go with Anthony Mall. Anthony, yep. yep, the yep. Vinyl Divers. He's he's. That's, I've had that's why the network's so great, man. There's something for everyone. They, they, we all support each other, which is awesome. Because I had yeah. Anthony on, uh, I don't even think I was into my 10th show, and we did boy bands together, and it was great. <laughs> so if you want to tell everybody about your two shows again and where they can find them, go right ahead. Yeah. Uh, check out Processing the Process, uh, your go-to podcast for college football and the NFL draft. It comes out every Tuesday. Actually, I think we're going to drop one tomorrow because we kind of doubled up on episodes. We'll actually have two this week, I think. And then, uh, yeah, every Tuesday for that. And then bi- bi-weekly, we do crafting and drafting, and that drops on Fridays. 
So the next one that that will drop will probably be on the 28th. Do you have Facebook pages for both of these two? Yes, go to Facebook. Yes, for both of them. And and Twitter. They're on Twitter as well. Oh, and so follow me on Twitter. I have, uh, you can follow me at Defense Two Point Combo, or you can follow me on my uh, regular one, which I engage on a lot more, is uh, at Buffalo Sports 84. If you want to chat college football or anything, really, I'll, I'm, I'm ready to get down on any sort of goofy conversation with that one. <laughs> That's awesome. Once again, for thank you for coming on to the show. This this has been great. And to everybody out totally there. My and to everybody out there in the world of podcast, good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Come on, get in here. We gotta call this thing. Tighten up. Come here. All right, guys, here's the situation. Two minutes left, zero timeouts, down by a touchdown. We gotta drive 75 yards. Alright, we can do this thing. I believe in each and every one of you. But real quick, did you guys know that the Two Point Conversation podcast runs five days a week, Monday through Friday, with various co-hosts and different themes every day? And then you can listen to them on BICBP-radio.com, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. So what's the play? Just, all right, just, come on, hurry up. Get to the line and just run, and I will get it to somebody, all right? Come on, on three. Ready, set, mother Delay of game, offense.